Hi, I'm Billy Shore. Welcome back to Add Passion and Stir. It's our weekly podcast about food, passion, and making a difference in the world. And this is a special Father's Day episode of Add Passion and Stir. I have to say that like most good ideas that I have, this is actually my wife's Rosemary's idea. Uh, she said you ought to do a Father's Day episode and you ought to have Danny and Hallie on to talk about uh, what they've been doing. And I was like, yes, perfect. So uh, we've got Danny Meyer. When I talk about Danny and Hallie, I'm talking about Danny Meyer from the Union Square Hospitality Group and Hallie Meyer from Cafe Pana, uh, which is, gosh, I, if I had to pick a favorite place in New York, I mean like favorite out of everything, bookstores, restaurants, bars, it's, ca it's Cafe Pana. Uh, I can't wait to talk about it with uh, Danny and Hallie. Thank you both so much for being with us. Well, speaking for me, but not for Hallie, I'm loving this already. Well, you know, Danny, I was thinking you've been on the podcast twice and, and, and this is so kind of strange. We've talked early childhood um, issues one time because uh, that's something you've been involved in for a long time and your family has been involved in going back to your grandfather, Irving Harris. We did a podcast with former Senate, uh, Senator George Mitchell, a former majority leader, uh, Senator from Maine. But the weird thing, Danny, is we've never talked restaurants and food on a podcast, even though you've been on twice. And we've certainly never talked about restaurants in the era of the pandemic that uh, we've all lived through. So we've got uh, a lot to catch up on, and we've certainly never had the opportunity to have a father and daughter on. And uh, Hallie, welcome to the podcast. I know that uh, you're not new to share our strength. In fact, you've uh, participated in one of the toughest most challenging ways that anybody can participate, which is a 300 mile bike ride that you joined us uh, on for Chef Cycle. And I hope you and I get to do that again. Oh my gosh, me too. You know, I was actually, um, I just returned from Los Angeles this morning and the past three days I've been driving on the coast of LA looking at these like beautiful views and roads and there's so many bikers. And I was, I was saying, I really need to do that again. I know you don't look at roads quite the same way after you've, uh, you know, cycled 300 miles of them. Uh, you don't look, certainly don't, don't look at hills the same way as uh, you once did when you're easily just driving in a car. Exactly. Uh, thanks for being with us. You know, what I what I thought we'd do is I, I wanted to start, Danny, because I said, because we haven't uh, talked about restaurants, I just wanted to get your um, state of play on the restaurant industry in America. I know you get asked to comment on this all the time. Um, and I think you've also recently announced that you've got a new restaurant that you're going to be opening. But tell us just before we get into uh, Cafe Pana and kind of the the, the, the father-daughter uh, dynamic of the restaurant and culinary community, uh, where are we as we approach Father's Day, June of 2021 in America, the pandemic um, easing, uh, cases going down, uh, businesses reopening? What's the, the state of the restaurant industry in America? Well, it's it's uh, it's good and it's getting better. And I think the one topic that we need to talk about is the power of the uh, vaccine because it. I think everybody knows it's been helpful, but I don't think we actually give not only the creation of the vaccine and the genius behind that, but also the rollout of the vaccine nearly enough credit for jumpstarting the economy really everywhere, because this, uh, if, if I've seen any one thing, uh, probably from my Shake Shack perspective, which is a national uh, perspective, as opposed to Union Square Hospitality Group, which is a very Manhattan-based perspective, it's that the, the virus itself 
and the implications to the economy and to people's livelihoods was very different at very different times at very different parts of the country. And at this moment um, in June, it really seems that just about every part of the country has a lot to feel very optimistic about. And that's, it's almost gotten to the point where if, if you're from a place like Manhattan or New York City that got it so bad so early on, you almost don't trust it. You almost don't trust that this is really the time it's going to stick. And, you know, so, but it's good. And, and I, I think what we're in for is a, a summer of spring training in the restaurant industry, meaning that um, we're, we're trying to go from zero to 60 in terms of hiring enough people back. And we can't do it quickly enough relative to the demand to dine out, pent up demand to dine out. And it's kind of okay. It, what it means is that there's not, you know, there's probably not a lot of lunch business yet because we're still probably waiting till September before the city really, really catches on. Because in September, a number of things are going to happen. We'll get Broadway back. That means tourism. We're going to get schools reopened. That means that many people uh, will be able to go back to their offices because they won't be, uh, they won't have to be at home with their kids all day. Um, that I can't overstate how powerful that's going to be. And uh, I think there's just going to be a whole lot of people rejoining the workforce uh, because here we are, you've got a summer. A lot of people got very, very used to remote working. Our industry doesn't lend itself to remote work. You can't cook or do the dishes or serve food remotely. And so there's, it's going to take a few more months here, but it's really hopeful. And I, I'm, I'm predicting that by the time we get to September, we're going to have a massive boom in restaurants everywhere. And so and you, your comments were tailored uh, to New York in terms of Broadway and so forth, but you're really feeling this will be the case across the country. Not only do I think it's going to be the case across the country, but there are parts of the country that uh, are probably three or four months ahead of New York because um for whatever reason they they just opened a lot earlier and you know some of those experiments work quite well there's still uh, i'm assuming a lot we're gonna learn about what um work from home and hybrid means for the rest of us and how that will affect dining uh people may not be coming into uh downtown areas in the same way so um we've certainly been encouraging uh our our team and our stakeholders to uh, we haven't used the word spring training. I like that, but to take this in phases because we've still just got a lot to learn. And tell us about the new restaurant that you're going to be opening. So it's a restaurant that um, I, I'm pretty sure we wouldn't have planned if we had known anything about uh, COVID, but we've been planning this for about three years. And it's the restaurant's going to be called Chisiamo. The chef is a longtime supporter of Share Our Strength and No Kid Hungry, uh, named Hillary Sterling. And she is, she's somebody who knows and loves Italy. Um, not, not the only kind of cooking she can do, but it's, it's a restaurant. Chisiamo is an Italian expression that is so uplifting. That's not something we planned for three years, the name. But what it means is we've arrived. We're finally here. It's all good. Wow, perfect timing. Every time I hear someone say Chisiamo in Italy, it, it could be the waiter you know, asking, it, you can use it as a question. The waiter can come to your table 
when it's time to order and ask you, Chisiamo, are you ready to order? It just, it's one of these expressions that works for a lot of things, but always makes you feel good. And that's what we hope the restaurant will do. Well, I really want to start to talk about Cafe Pana. And Hallie, you know, I consider my claim to fame uh, that I was uh, somebody who uh, once on one day went to Cafe Pana three different times. Uh, my wife, Rosemary, and I were having lunch at Union Square Cafe with a old business school classmate of hers. And we got uh, we got into town early. And so I told her about Cafe Pana. She said, let's go check it out. And we couldn't resist ordering ice cream. And then during lunch, um, we told her friend about it. And he said, well, can we try it after lunch? And so we came right back after lunch and we had a, a share of strength event that evening. And afterwards, we took a big band of people there. I think maybe you even stayed open an extra half hour for us uh, so that we could have our, our third try at uh, Cafe Pana. It really is an extraordinary place, an extraordinary experience. And every time I've been there, you've been behind the counter, which makes it even more fun. Uh, you grew up in a restaurant family. Tell us uh, you know, the origins of Cafe Pana. Yeah, the origin of Cafe Pana, I definitely do credit um, my upbringing in a family where, you know, not only did my dad have a ton of restaurants that we were always hearing about and uh, getting excited about um, alongside you, dad, but I actually, I, I do like to give credit to both my parents for kind of normalizing doing what you love. Um, my mom is a singer and actress. My dad was opening restaurants as I was growing up and both of them were doing the things that made them excited and they were sharing those things with us. Um, and I feel, I feel like I grew up also around friends whose parents weren't like, you know, talking about what they were doing all the time and getting excited about it. So, um, it always was kind of in my heart that I wanted to have my own place. And, um, it ended up being ice cream that really, got me fired up. Um, and specifically the ice cream culture in Rome, which I also definitely credit my dad, uh, and a a very lucky childhood of going to taste delicious things, uh, in Europe from, from the age of 10, I think, or I guess dad, maybe it was, maybe it was even before I was one. Um, but it was kind of always brewing in my, in my heart. And then, um, I did spend some time cooking in, in Italy during college and then afterwards. Um, and I knew I wanted to bring that cafe bar gelateria feeling uh, to New York. So that's kind of where Cafe Pana came from. We're gonna be right back with Danny and Hallie Meyer after this. Hey there, this is Christina Gonzalez and I'm so excited for you to check out my new podcast, Politics of Food. On this show, we explore the political, economic, and social implications of food creation and consumption, both locally and worldwide. Should we eat first or should we protest first? Like, okay, <laughs> let's organize, let's talk to the press, let's get our word out, and then let's sit down and eat. Follow Politics of Food with Christina Gonzalez at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your shows. Welcome back to Add Passion and Stir and our conversation with Danny Meyer and his daughter, Hallie Meyer, for this special Father's Day edition of Add Passion and Stir. Uh, Hallie, you were just telling us where the idea for Cafe Pana came from. Uh, so it sounds like, it, was it always a given for you that uh, it was going to be food? Was there a time where you sat down and were asking yourself, should it be architecture or engineering or business school or it was always food? I think it was always food, even if I didn't say it out loud. Um, maybe dad, you would agree. And actually, Billy, I, I want to give you some credit because during that 
during that time when I said, hmm, maybe, maybe it won't be food. Um, maybe there's going to be some kind of public service component uh, added into it. I, um, I decided to spend a summer after my junior year in college in D.C. at Community Wealth Partners, and I learned a lot doing that. Um, and I think I also did some other work with, uh, now that I'm remembering it, with um, Cooking Matters here in New York. So I've always been very inspired by your work, and um, I know how involved uh, you've been in my dad's restaurants and that my dad's restaurants have supported your work. And I've, I've been inspired by that um, kind of collaboration. So I would say that there was definitely a time when I was like, Hmm, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't want to do exactly what my dad does. Um, and I, and I still don't think we do the same thing, obviously um, because restaurants are like pieces of art. It's like nothing is, nothing is the same. And yet from the outside an artist is an artist. So um, I think I'm, I'm leaning into it a little more to the similarities that, uh, that we might have dad, but, um, but I think that's kind of the fun of it is, is always like going back and forth about the similarities and differences and especially, um, hearing, hearing you talk about how the pandemic has impacted your restaurants and your people Dad. um, being able to share those notes and, and also, um, you know, share knowledge with each other about different things that we're trying um, and the way that different business models are kind of like impacted differently by this. Well, you've both been uh, so thoughtful and intentional about ensuring that your businesses have a social impact. It's almost a given with the two of you, but that's not the, the case necessarily with, you know, everybody in the business community. You mentioned Community Wealth Partners a moment ago, Hallie, which for folks who don't know, that is the a subsidiary of Share Strength that works with nonprofits and businesses on ways that, and it's baked into the name, ways that they can actually create community wealth that you can use um, business and nonprofit impact to uh, create a, a wealthier community, not necessarily in monetary terms that we tend to think of, of it, but uh, in terms of making the community stronger. And um, it was it was really great to have you there. Now, I want to get into the kind of the dynamic between the, the two of you, which uh, I'm, I'm sure like any uh, dynamic with a parent and a, and a, uh, a son or daughter uh, varies from time to time. But um, I'm, is, there, is there an intensity there to it when you talk about food and when you talk about your businesses? Did you want a certain amount of help from your dad? Uh, Hallie, and then um, wanted to, you know, kind of draw a circle or a line around it and say, okay, that's enough. I'm doing this on my own. How did you, how did you all navigate that? Um, I think you're totally right that it's, it's varied over the years, just like any child and parents relationship will uh, vary. And the, the desire to please your parents never goes away, even if, (laughs) even if some people perform it differently. So, you know, I always, I always want to be, I'm just being totally honest. I I always want to be as good, if not better than my parents. Like that's, that's absolutely a driving force. Um, And it is a lot to live up to, but it's also, I feel very lucky to say a a supportive kind of relationship. Um, It's not as if my dad is coming to Cafe Pana and, picking on every detail. Um, he respects the space, I think, that um, that I've drawn around around it uh, and having it be a very separate thing. But 
I would totally be remiss if I didn't acknowledge the, um, you know, the, the privileges of having someone who's done this before in my life and also having someone who has relationships that, uh, you know, helped me open this restaurant. Um, so like anything, there's, there's benefits and challenges. Um, and I would say the biggest challenge is probably just, uh, other people's opinion of it. Other people looking and saying, Oh, that's, that's Danny Meyer's ice cream shop. Or oh, didn't you learn better from your dad? You know, and I'm just, I just have to disregard and continue mission and <laughs> keep, uh, keep, keep true to my, my path. And, um, try to keep doing what I think is the right thing. But I probably wouldn't have that outlook if it weren't for my dad's example. And Hallie, I mean, just to get like a little bit more granular in the early days, was it the kind of thing where you would uh, say, dad, like, what do you think about these countertops? Or does this look like the right uh, location? Or, you know, obviously taste the ice cream. Tell me what you think. What kind of things did you turn to your dad for? The, I think actually uh, that's a good, that's a good reminder. The one thing I did, uh, definitely seek my dad's input on was location. Um, that was kind of like the first step in making Cafe Pana real. You know, I had I had been in Rome. I had worked in a savory kitchen there, and then I went back to work in a gelateria there. And when I returned from that final stint, that's when I said, okay, like this is happening. I'm going to start looking for spaces. And that was when I was like, okay, dad, what what are my steps here? And there were like some very, very critical uh, pieces of advice and introductions that he made at that point that have allowed me to have, um, you know, the level of independence I think that, that I have now. So definitely location, definitely um, two amazing people who I work with now as uh, one does my payroll, one does my accounting and they were, they have been at Cafe Pana since day one um, as like construction project managers. So definitely throughout that build out process, I think I turned to you a lot, Dad. Well, I feel we've had a, a pretty healthy um, balance of Hallie knowing that if she comes to me with a question and we can get time alone to discuss it, um, then I'm very happy to engage with her. But Otherwise, I really try to stay away from decisions that I know are hers. Um, I don't want to be, um, this is Hallie's. And, and I think that uh, as, as an entrepreneur, which I'm just so, I'm so proud of the way she does business, the spirit that she brings to the business in terms of, of how she hires people and trains people. You know, one thing that Hallie hasn't mentioned today is that, um, I know you know a lot about City Year, Billy, because you've you've done a lot of collaborative collaborative work with City Year. But Hallie was at City Year uh, before opening Cafe Pana, and brought a lot of her her learnings and teachings from City Year to her leadership style. Hallie, you tell us a little bit about what City Year is and what your uh, experience was with it. Absolutely, City Year is a one year service opportunity that is sponsored by AmeriCorps, which is our national service organization. And it puts teams of young people into under-resourced public schools. And those teams serve as academic support, after-school support, 
attendance support, pretty much extra bodies in a school. Um, and I was lucky enough to serve in the South Bronx in 2017 and 2018. Um, so Danny, you, I, you started to answer one of the questions that my sister, uh, Debbie Shore, who usually does this podcast with me, uh, sent me and she was really curious to know, she said, I'm assuming that, uh, Hallie has learned a lot of things from Danny. Uh, let's ask Danny what kind of things he's learned from Hallie. And you, you started to describe that in terms of some of the way that Hallie's built her business and, um, uh, and the kind of the trainings that, uh, she's inculcated and so forth. Um, but I, that, I think that, you know, so many times, uh, I have found as a parent that seeing things through the fresh eyes and ears of my own children help me just see things in a way that I never did before. So I'm, I'm assuming some of those learnings have been very valuable to you as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think there's, there's two, there's two things just in this past year that have been actually three things that have been quite wonderful. The first was that, um, Hallie's been incredibly nimble at, uh, pivoting Cafe Pana, uh, in response to, um, in, in response to all the restrictions that COVID presented to being in, in the food business, restaurant business, way, way more quickly than we were able to be at Union Square Hospitality Group with all of our restaurants. So she was, you know, delivering pints out the door and shipping pints across the country on Gold Belly. And we just couldn't, we couldn't get moving. We were, we had so many employees and we were so concerned about you know, people's safety and, and we couldn't even get people back to work just because, I mean, part of it had to do, I think, with losing one of our colleagues, Floyd Cardoz, early on. We were just scared. And Hallie had a courage and an entrepreneurial spirit and an ability to pivot that um, really inspired it, it inspired me. And it also frustrated me that we were so slow and we couldn't get off the mark. But I think maybe the most important learning of the past year probably came not just from Hallie, but all of our kids. And that was after George Floyd's murder. And we were all quarantined together. Um, I should also add Hallie's fiance, James, was a big part of these conversations. And I think connecting the, um, the learnings of, of uh, racial inequity um, and having a seat around the table um, for for all voices and making sure that those voices were not only on your team, but that those voices felt like they belonged and included. And um, I, I think Hallie built that into her initial DNA at Cafe Pana. Um, working with an organization called Drive for Change uh, for, for one, and Hallie can talk about that. But I really think that we learned, I learned a, an enormous amount. And a lot of this work was going on in our company anyway, but like so many other things, we were just slower off the mark. But I think that learning from Hallie and all of our kids really helped us to accelerate a, a lot of the work that we are doing. Yeah, Hallie, I'd love to hear a little bit more from you about that. I know that for uh, us at Share Strength, Danny, I would say the same thing. To, and to me, the experience of the pandemic uh, is, um, you know, I can't think about it without thinking about how it intersected with the murder of George Floyd and everything that we have become more attentive to 
since, and in our case, the degree to which our uh, stakeholders and supporters have um, really not just given us permission, but in some ways insisted that uh, we get deeper to the kind of the root causes of, in our case, why, you know, why kids and families are struggling with hunger in the first place. So it, it's been very important and we have the benefit of a, of a very young staff and uh, I have the benefit of having a 10th grader in school at a school that talks about these issues a lot. And so I find that, you know, generationally, uh, if you have the opportunity to be uh, around people like Hallie and her fiance, James, or, or my son, or our, our staff at Share Our Strength, uh, you get a sense of urgency around these issues that um, some of us who have been doing work the way we've been doing it for 30 or 40 years might not have as, as you know, naturally as, as we should. So Hallie, talk a little bit about uh, what that's been like for you and your business. I think the pandemic, like you said, Billy, definitely brought into relief um, a lot of the inequities that already existed uh, in our in our world. Um, everyone who is impoverished or a person of color or at the intersection of any of these identities was more impacted by COVID um, and all of its all of its many um, problems, you know, economical and health. Um, but I think that we were we were very lucky to people people like myself and people in my generation um, definitely feel a an urgency to try to impact our communities and our businesses and the things we do, but also our parents. And it doesn't always uh, it doesn't always work. So um, thank you, you know, thank you, Dad, for for listening and also for engaging in those conversations. Um, yeah, I think I think I feel also lucky that we that my business is is small. It's me, and from day one, I was uh, I decided like I want to work with Drive Change before opening. Um, Drive Change is a a fellowship for formerly incarcerated eighteen to twenty five year olds. Um, so they they run a paid fellowship for these individuals, and the fellowship is a training program for um, those fellows who can then uh, be paired with employers um, that Drive Change works with. And it's funny because I I knew I wanted to somehow bake this into my business, um, bake social justice into the business. And I felt that hiring was the, the most effective way to do that because it literally uh, is the people that make up your business. And that I, I do credit you, Dad, for that, um, for just setting an example that I can do whatever I want with the business. You know, it's, it's my book to write. Um, and there's not one way to do it. Um, and if something seems hard or impossible, that's fine, but you have to just, you have to do what you want to do because it's, it's yours. Um, and so I'm, I'm grateful, uh, that that was also kind of normalized growing up, but what drive change also does besides running that fellowship, um, which has been really valuable to me is they provide, um, some coaching for the employers that they work with. And there's a lot of resources that, um, employers can make use of that I've definitely enjoyed over the past year. So um, monthly workshops, you know, these three hour long sessions with other small business owners or um, small business leaders, some folks from USHG as well, um, where 
we're talking to the coaches of the fellows about how we can make our workplaces more inclusive and um, more uh, empowering to every kind of identity that works for us. So I, I started, um, you know, back back before the pandemic, I had like 27 employees, which is crazy. Uh, now there's only 11 and uh, three of them were from Drive Change. And I am very proud to say that uh, two of them still are and that there is one individual who uh, has grown just about as much as anyone can possibly grow in, in the, the size of the business right now. Um, he's the person that I entrust with everything when I'm not there. Um, and it's just, it's really remarkable uh, to see. And so I'm just so grateful for that organization and really look forward to uh, to continuing my work with them. But I think just for me, like, it's just exciting. The, the reason that you, that you exist is to like, empower other people and and even just like serving food like that's that's such a beautiful exciting experience when you can give someone an ice cream cone and they're gonna like get happy about it that's the most gratifying thing and like giving that power to other people is is like that's why i do it giving them the power to also like get in on the flavor creation that's so exciting the the creative power is also um is something that I, I love sharing. Uh, you know, I can hear in your voice the the the, the pride and the fulfillment of uh, the, the, of working with driving change. Uh, I'm just curious: has it also been harder than you thought it would be? Yes, because um, those are you know, you know you're trying to do something that society has found to be a very hard thing to do. Uh, you make it sound easy, but I'm guessing that it it, it it's been tough. Yes, and. I think, I think it's a combination of things, you know, on the one hand, if I could, I would commit to having a hundred percent of my staff be from a background that was traditionally excluded from, uh, from, you know, the industry or from positions of power. Um, but it's, it's not impossible, but it's almost impossible to do that. Um, for a few reasons. The first is that it's, still very hard for these individuals to access programs like drive change. Um, and Billy, I know, you know, a lot about <laughs> the difference between having something exist and the people who need it accessing it. Um, and the other reason is the size of my business right now. Um, you know, it's, it's me in the, the training seat in the big decision-making seat in the, brand, seat, marketing, everything. So um, it doesn't help anyone to have, um, and this is a topic we discussed, dad, diversity without real resources to be there for uh, people who are different from maybe what that system was set up for. So um, it hasn't worked out with, with everyone, but it never works out, right? I mean, that's how that's that's working with people. So um, there are definitely challenges, but I, I really feel confident that it, it's important for me to keep working um, with this organization and with others. There's another great uh, organization that I hire from called Emma's Torch. Um, they're based in Brooklyn as well, but they uh, run a similarly paid fellowship for um, refugees 
And so it's, it's a slightly different kind of training program. It's a little bit more geared towards back of house, um, but they also do provide resources for employers, which, which is great because again, it's giving, um, giving resources to the, the power holders to be better places for, um, for people to work. And I want to make sure that we uh, let our listeners know of those two organizations. Again, it's Drive Change and Emma's Torch. We're, we're, um, we're running out of time. I'd like, like to ask just a couple more uh, family questions. These conversations go so darn fast. But uh, uh, I, I wanted to ask you, uh, the, the last time I was in Cafe, Cafe uh, Pana, uh, Hal, your, your brother was working there. I know you've got two brothers and a sister, uh, and you, you can both tell, you know, feel free to tell me to mind my own business, but uh, does it change the family dynamic at all for one or two of you to be working in food and in so aligned with your dad's work uh, and others not? Or have you had to navigate anything special, Danny, to make sure everyone's getting the same amount of love? Um, I, you know, I have a partner named Audrey who is pretty uh, full of love as well. And, and um, I think every one of our kids and I feel so good about this, um, not only has a good work ethic, but they're doing something that they're passionate about. Um, and Charles, who's spending a lot of his time doing really, really important and good work at Cafe Pana is also making music and making amazing music uh, under the name Charles on TV. And I urge you to uh, check him out on Spotify. He's, he's doing an album. Um, and, and I've seen him on Facebook and in Facebook and Instagram as well. So there's lots of places to find Charles on TV. And I think our other kids are are also following their passions. Gretchen uh, just finished her first year as a nursery school teacher um, and just loved it. And they loved her. And Peyton is about to be a senior uh, and he's studying cognitive neuroscience, which is a surprise to all of us only because all we've heard him talk about for the last 10 years is business. And um, who knew that this was going to be a direction he'd be um, finding his passion in. So I don't think anybody, uh, I think every one of our uh, family members would be most welcome to work at Cafe Pana if they wanted to. Hallie can dispute that if she wants. Um, as a matter of fact, Audrey even got involved early on doing all the floral arrangements at Cafe Pana. I remember that. I remember that. Uh, last question for both of you. We've got a lot of young uh, listeners to Add Passion and Stir who are passionate about uh, food. Uh, some of them might be wanting to uh, do what you did a few years ago, uh, Hallie, in terms of uh, starting your own thing. Uh, from the two different perspectives that uh, you, Hallie, and you, Danny, bring to this, what advice would you would you give somebody? I think your, I think the name of your podcast, Billy, says it all. I really do. I, I think it's. Uh, one of life's greatest privileges to be able to do what you love and to share that with other people, people who work for you. You're going to, you're going to actually get to employ more people. If you're doing what you love, you're going to get to make more people feel better. And I think what a privilege to be in a business whose, whose outcome is making people feel better. Well, I mean, who, who, who couldn't use more of that? I, 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 I totally agree with you, Danny. And I always, uh, tell folks that, you know, try to make a beeline towards what you love to do and uh, don't wait till the mortgage is paid and don't wait till it stops raining and don't wait for the light to change. Go do it. <laughs> Start it. Uh, it won't be easy. 
Um, so that's Danny's take. That's my take. How about yours, Hallie? I think that those are very good pieces of advice to add to something a little bit more practical because I'm a very kind of like step-by-step practical person. I believe that the most important thing you can do is decide what your product is and then make it and put it out there. And I know I'm being very literal when it comes to the ice cream, um, but I do think that this can apply to many other business concepts. And I, I, I feel like there's a lot of people who are my age or younger who um, come to me and they're like, oh, you know, I'm thinking of this concept and here's my branding and here's my logo. And I'm like, well, what, what is it? What, <laughs> what is the thing? You know? And so for me, it was really important. Before I had Cafe Pana, there was me making ice cream in many different flavors, many different ways and serving it to people, selling it to people. And I think you have to do that before you have to know your product um, before you can have a brand and a business. You got to be able to see it, touch it, taste it. In this case, Uh, it's got to be real. It's got to be that authentic. Love that. Uh, Hallie Meyer and Danny Meyer, thank you so much for being with us and being for so generous with your time. Uh, Danny Meyer and the Union Square Hospitality Group have been incredible partners of Share Strength almost from day one. Uh, this is a partnership and a friendship that goes back uh, more than 30 years, and we're so grateful. And Hallie Meyer has uh, jumped right in and has not only uh, created uh, an incredible uh, piece of art, really, at Cafe Pana. I think you used that that analogy earlier, uh, Hallie, but uh, has just been a great friend and supporter of ours as well. And uh, even though it's a, a still very young life uh, between City Year and all the other things that uh, Hallie's done, uh, it's always intersected with the community and uh, the health of the communities in really powerful ways. So really special to have you uh, both on. Um, from all of us at uh, our team at Share Our Strength and the No Kid Hungry campaign, for our producer uh, at District Productive, uh, Paul Whittle. Thanks so much for listening to Add Passion and Stir. You can go to addpassionandstir.com and find previous episodes and rate them and rank them and share them uh, and let your friends know about this podcast. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Billy Shore.